Welcome to the Altered Podcast, where we honor God and the things He does. Welcome to the Altered Podcast, and happy Labor Day! Woo, Labor Day! Well, uh, it just happened, so... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love Labor Day. Ben, Dina, what is your favorite thing to do on Labor Day? Oh, I love cookouts. Yeah, so um, I have a Brockman family reunion that happens on Saturday, and so all of my cousins from who knows where ends up coming to a cousin's house, and we have a big family reunion, and then the ones like my cousins that like from my grandpa and all of them like um, they we all stay uh, out in the boonies in Jackson County. And uh, we just hang out all weekend, and um, we go to, like, this cave and sometimes roast hot dogs and walk in the woods, and it's a really fun time. Play so many board games. It's like it's like the Super Bowl of board games. Like, if you're going to play board games, that's the time you do it, and you bring your A game because nobody's going to let you win. Like, it doesn't matter if you're five years old. <laughs> They're like, they don't need, <laughs> we don't need to let them win. They need to learn how to play. <laughs> So, like, how do I get adopted into this family? <laughs> you could probably just come and say you're somehow related, and they'd probably be like, okay. Cool. Or just come and say you're hungry, and they'll be like, oh, you poor baby, and they'll just, like, load up your plate. They would look at me and be like, you've never been hungry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you have any, like, traditions you do over Labor Day? Not labor. <laughs> well, that, that was Jessica's job, which she did quite successfully, I yes. might add. You have a beautiful little baby. Yeah, she takes it after me. <laughs> The labor or the beautiful baby part? Oh, the beautiful baby. Oh, that's a (laughs) baby. I like to cook out. I like to uh, just kind of chill around the house. And uh, I'm a dad, so I like to mow my grass and make it look all nice. (laughs) Do you mow it in in flip flops and really tall socks? (laughs) (laughs) With a red baseball cap. Yeah, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, kind of do that and. We don't really have a. My mom was a nurse, and so we never have like a tradition. So she always usually worked those big holidays, mm. but not labor is one of them things that I love to do. Mm, that's cool. <laughs> so I'll probably be editing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be working that day on the podcast. Um. So today, because it's the day after Labor Day, mm-hmm. and um, we just got done celebrating Labor Day, we're going to talk about honoring God in the workplace. That's right. So the real question will be: Is how do we Honor God in the workplace. And I, this is an extension of living that Christian life because you have to work to make money unless you struck it rich or married some rich doctor or some weird uncle died and left <laughs> you millions. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay, before we get into that, though, for just a second, somebody was asking me the other day, what, like, who do you actually make this podcast for? And so, Hunter, who do we make this podcast for? Jesus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but who is our intended audience? Everyone. Everyone. As The Rock says, the millions and millions listening around the world. Yeah. No, uh, people who are just striving to be better Christians mm-hmm. um, or people who are not Christians at all and just have questions about the faith. I, we're n- none of us are theologians. Um, well, technically, I guess by the definition of theologian, we're all theologians, we're all theologians. of studiers of Scripture. Yep. But we're no uh, scholars, I would say. But we're all blue-collared pastors, uh, people who love Christ. And 
Um, we just want to honor him in the things that we do. Mm-hmm. And so we want to spread that to the world. So literally everyone is our audience. So the pastor who's been there for 45 years to the Christian uh, who just got saved yesterday or somebody who is an atheist and they want to know more about what uh, Christians believe. That So literally anybody is the targeted audience. Our church people, I hope they listen to it, um, but it's not meant for them. It's meant for people that we don't even know and people that all, all across the world. Yeah, that's a good answer. So before we get into our topic for the day, I feel like we need to have an ad for our hosting platform who has been so uh, good to host all of our stuff. Yep, so this is from Anchor, uh, the platform that we uh, do this from. And it makes it really easy to make a podcast. Uh, so our lovely creative director and co-host is featured in this ad. So thank you, Anchor, and we will see you when we get back. And we're back. Woo. Uh, see, we labored that ad. Um, so how do we honor God in the workplace, Ben? Um, a lot of these topics we got were from DesiringGod.org. Um, I, I created two of them, and you I think you created one, right? Or, yep. Yeah, which you, I stole mine directly from David Pawson in one of his sermons, but, you know, whatever. Right. So we used, this isn't all of our material. I think there's two original points in here. Mm. But just wanted to let you know that so we could... If you've read Desiring God's article, you'd be like, hey, I heard this before. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do love their website because um, some authors there give practical uh, things of how to do just daily life in, in Christianity. And this was one of those articles I read. So, Ben, get us into our first point here. Sure. So, um, as we look at Labor Day, right, we're looking at, at how we honor God through our work. And so, obviously, as we talk about that, we want to talk about God and the things that he does. Um, and so if you look at Genesis chapter 1, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. So what we see about God, first and foremost, is that God is a creator. He's a worker. He's one who designed the earth He's one who spoke it into existence. God is one who works in and of himself. If you keep reading on down through the passage, you'll see that God rests from his work. You will see that God is the one who institutes work in the beginning. And so God actually, in Genesis one twenty eight, gives Adam a job. It says, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So what we see in Genesis chapter 1 is not only is God a worker, but he actually gives us a job to do as well. I like that. And I think it's very clear that God did not give Adam a job that he hated. Adam did not wake up the next day and was like... Gotta punch that alarm clock again. <laughs> yeah. He it was cultivating work. Yep. It was a job that had meaning. It was a job that um made Adam who he was. He was the one who, you know, gave name and and function to God's beautiful creation. Yep. And I think that's just quite awesome. That's what we're going to experience in the new earth is that we will have work, but it won't be a job that it's like, oh, yeah. 
Monday morning came around. No, it's going to be a cultivating, heart-filling, God-worshipping uh, work. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be all in the honor and the glory of God. Yep. And I'm excited about that. Yeah, that'd be cool. No more Monday morning. No more Monday mornings. We'll get up. We'll be excited. <laughs> Hallelujah. To to yeah. At the time of this recording, Dina is getting ready to start back to school for work. And so it's not that she doesn't like her job. It's just that she's been off for the summer. And so she's like, oh, I'm about I, to have to. I love my job. It's that like 30 minutes of getting ready for work mm-hmm. that I just do not enjoy. If I could wake up and already be like showered and makeup on. And could just walk out the door and my breakfast be in my car, that would be awesome. Wow. Like how would we even get that to happen? Know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Robots. <laughs> <laughs> um, you could like work from home, I guess that'd be it. But yeah. um I just think that's really important. And I'm glad you added this in here. Is that from the beginning there's always been work. Mm-hmm. There has never been a, a session of this world yep. where work isn't in it. Yep. It literally started with work and it has, it will actually literally finish with, it's funny, it literally starts with God's work and it ends with God's work. Because mm-hmm. you got to go to work. Oh, no. Secular. <laughs> um, but yeah, it starts with God's work and it ends with God's work. And God is the one who is the author and um, the completer of our work. He's the one that all of it focuses on. And so when we talk about Labor Day, we have to talk about the fact that God has designed work for his glory and our good. Mm-hmm. And I think so we're going to go through a, a bunch of little steps here of things that you might deal with at work. Um, I'll talk about my experience at work. Ben and Dina can't go too deep into their experiences <laughs> at work with working in the school system, but um, God bless the, the school <laughs> workers. That's all I got to say. Yeah. I mean, and and we're not saying that like what we do is secret squirrel. You know, what we're saying is we have a level of confidentiality we have to maintain because of the fact that we work with children and we don't, we can't just, you know, personal identifiable information is not something we should just talk about. Yeah. 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 Okay. So can I branch off real quick from that one more thing? But you can do whatever you want. I know. It's the Alter Podcast. (laughs) We can alter the plan. Um, I do think that it's interesting that in Genesis, one of the things that we see about God is that he works kind of technically with his hands and he gives Adam a job where he works kind of technically with his hands. He's a cultivator. I know, actually Hunter's looking at me. He's like, wait a minute. Does God have hands in this? <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually really know God really works with his mouth. He's, he speaks yeah. and everything comes into creation, but he does make Adam work with his hands. Right. And so people want to sometimes they feel bad about the job that they have. Cause they're like, Oh, I'm just a laborer. You know, I just work. Whatever, but really, it's interesting that God gives Adam noble labor to do with his hands. And so nobody should look down on any job that they have, because literally whatever job that you have could be done for God's glory. Hmm. And so, yeah. So I want to divvy off here and go down this, back, get us back to the track that yeah. Ben took us off of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's many t- types of jobs around the world, um, but what's I want to talk about ones dealing with personal information, money. We can, deal, I mean, just dealing with things that are easy to steal, things that are easy to exploit, uh, things like that. So I'm, I, if I'm going to refer to this as money, um, but this could apply to, like you said, if you're a nurse, HIPAA violations or anything like that, personal information, um, bank tellers, you know. 
I work for the Department of Defense, you know, classified material, which I don't see that much. <laughs> and uh, just things like that. So just things that you're not supposed to have um, and all that good stuff. So, Ben, talk to us about uh, being just and honest in all dealings with money, uh people's private information, things like that. Yeah, yeah. So when we talk about um, being faithful with what we're given, um, we have to really be careful because there is a, uh, you know, people talk about what would you do if you could never get caught, right? Well, that is not really in the thought process of the Christian. Anything and everything should be done for God's glory. And so in Proverbs 11, 1, for instance, it says a false balance is an abomination to the Lord but a just weight is his delight. In this case, it's talking about back in the day when they would have this market system, and you would actually literally have to weigh out your gold or silver or whatever you're paying with. When it says a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, it, people would literally adjust their balances so that it seemed like the thing that somebody else was giving was lighter, the thing that you were giving was heavier. So it would benefit you. But the Lord doesn't look at, oh, I'm, 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 I'm of the people of God, so I should be able to benefit off the world. No, the Lord says that a just weight is his delight. And so when we work, no matter what opportunity we may have to take or, or to do whatever, we should never look at it as a, this is an opportunity for me to make myself richer or whatever. We should always look at it as, hey, I want to please the Lord. I want to be his delight, and therefore I'm going to honor God. Um, in all of my dealings with whatever I'm dealing with, information, money, whatever. Well, and yeah, and we can do that, uh, branch that off into like how many times have you worked really hard on a project and somebody else take the credit for it or you're about to get a promotion and someone stole it out from under you because they, they did something that wasn't, uh, wasn't, they didn't have integrity in the situation, yeah. things like that. That is a, that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot. And Christians do these things. They're like, well, it's just business. You got to get ahead in the world. You yeah. got to, you know, it's like, no, uh, you getting ahead does not uh, overcome your Christian mindset, your Christian duty. Your Christian duty is first, and then you getting a promotion is second. Right. You know, you're supposed to live for Christ first. Your job is just, oh, it is so minuscule. Yeah. It is so minuscule for what, in, for what is coming. Um, for your eternity yep. and honoring God in the workplace and doing things like being just in your dealings. I mean, it's a, it's a fruit of your salvation. It, it proves these things. Yep. And for me, like I've never had to say anything to anybody at any job that I've ever had that I'm a Christian. They all kind of figured it out just by my actions. I'm trustworthy. Like, I don't go around lying. Like, I try to give everybody the um, same amount of time, you know. So. Yeah. If you go around and you steal stuff and do all that stuff, what people thought, oh, that look at that Christian over there. Look, they're just the same as we are. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be really careful with You're that. You're supposed to set yourself apart. Right. Yeah. And the Bible actually talks about the hypocrite as the one who draws people away from God and not towards mm-hmm. God. So you have to be really careful. And we talked about this once before. Um, be prayerfully dependent upon God. Uh, you cannot rely on your own strength. 
Yeah, you ever have that boss that just drives you crazy? And um, or are no. you that boss that just drives people crazy? <laughs> um, I'm, in case my boss listens, no, <laughs> like, absolutely not. No. But yeah, like, have you ever had that person? Okay, let's let's and not your boss necessarily, but you ever have just that person that just absolutely bugs the snot out of you, right? Yeah, I have a co-host on the Altered Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk about Dina that way. <laughs> Hunter, go over there. <laughs> But yeah, so I'll tell you one thing that, and and this is something that we do struggle with, like not we, but like uh, in the job that I have, I'm a, I'm an IT director, you know. Um, we struggle with people. I always tell my guys, you're either Santa Claus or you're Satan when you walk into that classroom. You choose which one you are. For the most part, sometimes you don't get a choice though, right? Sometimes you walk into that classroom and something's broke, and you are your dial is preset to Satan. When you walk in, they're like, ah, I hate you, and I'm going to tell you all about it, right? That is awesome, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You can seal that. You're either Santa Claus or Satan. You choose which one you're going to be today. But, yeah, my guys, they'll walk in, and they'll run into some people who are automatically just, I am so mad that this thing doesn't work, and I'm going to take it out on you, even though you're here to fix it. And my guys are like, Ben, what do I do? And I'm like, well, number one, you treat everybody with grace. You don't know what they're going through that day. You don't know what's happening that day. Um, now, I do also tell them, hey, dial my number hand them the phone, walk out of the room. I'll talk to them all I want to, you know, all they need to be <laughs> talked to. But also, also, especially for my guys who are Christians, this one's really important sometimes. Um, Psalms 127.1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. When I talk to my, my Christian brothers and sisters who I work with, I tell them, look, if, if God's not in it, you're going to be miserable sometimes. But think about the opportunity that you could have at work because you're present with the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Um, Hunter, that's one of the things I'm really proud about with you is, you know, when you go to work, I hope I'm not letting the cat out of the bag, but, you know, you talk to your guys sometimes that you interact with about Jesus. and Yeah, that's the only thing we talk about hardly. <laughs> um, it's kind of crazy uh, just how I a very secular workplace mm -hmm. uh, that a hanger can have. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there are ex-Marines, ex-military men um, with, with not, not a Christian environment at all, but we host a Bible study in the middle of the, of the building. And when, and sometimes the only conversations you hear that day are Christian conversations. Yeah, cool. I mean, it's quite crazy. Yeah. Usually you have somebody who doesn't believe, but they're talking to one of the people who joined the Bible study or a part of the Bible study, and they're just they're having good, um, healthy conversation about the gospel, and nobody's upset. No, I mean, it's, it's quite amazing. Yep. Our next point, that actually leads perfectly into it, is use the wage, and I would say even the job, to provide for and bless others. And that's that's a perfect way to say that you may not be providing or blessing them with the monetary gain that you get from your job, but, man, how much do you bless people just in the fact that you are there for them, you're talking to them about Jesus, you're praying for them? If nothing else, even if they never believe, just the fact that you're there for them is huge. Well, right, and <clears throat> we get into this, this fact that I don't think I've ever been at a job and— I'm only 24 years old, mm. so <laughs> <laughs> the 
I've never been at a job. I worked at uh, Taco Bell. I've worked at Sonic. I've worked at uh, Alltech in Winchester. I've worked at a hardware store. Now I work. I worked at FedEx, and now I work at Lockheed Martin. Um, hopefully, I retire at. <laughs> but I've never been to a place of work where one person hasn't come to saving faith. Mm. And so I, I feel like in every job that I've ever received has fell into my lap. I've, it's not been because I've interviewed super well. Um, it's not been because I, you know, went out and w- you just wooed somebody or, or kissed somebody's high hand. It's because literally these opportunities have fell in my lap. And I think it's for these reasons alone uh, that so somebody can come to the saving faith of uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's cool. I want Dina to read First uh, Timothy five eight for me because she is that librarian and makes it so makes me so happy when she reads. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about labor here, I am laboring for free. Time to time to get to work. Yeah, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. I think the King James calls them an infidel. Do <laughs> <laughs> they really? I'm is pretty right? sure. I have to look that one up, but. You know, so I've always used this in the the talk with just close friends and stuff. If we talk about like we we go into a political rant Mm -hmm. and we talk about welfare, like people who don't need to be on like government assistance, but they're just too lazy to get to go to work, and so they draw government assistance. I'm like, like (laughs) it's right here. Yeah. Like and and I was like because you you're able. Yep. And, and there's God honors hard work, mm-hmm. um, and and you're you're not working hard. Dina is giving me the head nod. So so the King James does call it. They they are worse than an infidel. Hey, look at that! <laughs> wow, I know more King James than I thought I did. <laughs> but back to what you were saying, Hunter. I think you're 100 percent right. You know the the one of the things that Dina and I have been kind of noticing, um, and we've been commenting on lately is when we watch all these TikToks, all the ones where somebody's building something anymore or any of that stuff they're all done by women mm-hmm. i know and it gives me this like power surge to want to go like use some of ben's power tools <laughs> and like go build something ben's like stay away from my power stay away tools. from my power tools 100 <laughs> i could use them <laughs> all righty the um, word you're looking for is anyways <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back after this break <laughs> <laughs> two hours later but anyway um but that is something that that bothers me sometimes about when i look around and i look at our culture and especially some of the men that i see in our culture there are people who want to there are guys in particular who want to stay home and they want to play those video games and let their wife go out to work but the bible literally says that if you do not provide for your relatives especially for members and it says of his household Mm-hmm. He has denied the faith. Denied the faith, not just like isn't living up to what he's should like, not living up to his potential. No, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And and at the altered podcast, we don't dive into politics. We don't talk about them here. I mean, I talked about COVID in the the church. That was just uh, it wasn't uh, politics. It was COVID in the church. <laughs> It was a biblical rant, sir. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Uh, but this this does uh, walk that line. But it it is this is an epidemic in yeah. our nation yeah. and in our generations, um, and it just keeps getting worse. There's this relationship expert that I saw the other day online, and he was talking about how um, some couples who kind of fall out of love. Um, the man says, "Well, she's just always nagging me and getting me to do all this stuff." Blah 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 blah. But 
if the man isn't doing his family duties of, do you have a dirty dish? Well, then go wash your own dish. You know, is your responsibility at the house to mow the yard? Then go mow the yard. She shouldn't have to tell you to go mow the yard, Mm. you know. Um, Now, it's funny you say that. I was talking to an electrician today, and he was talking about how I worked all weekend long, and he said, um, you know, we were doing all this stuff for all these different jobs. He said, I came home, my wife was mowing the grass. She looks up from mowing the grass, shuts off the lawnmower, and goes, I really don't know that I need you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the thing, like. It seems like some men in our society, they come home, they, like you said, play video games, and they go to bed. And Now, that is not what I'm saying about this electrician, by no, the no, way. No. You know, he'd been working no. on it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, you know, the reason she's not fun anymore is because you've turned her, you know, she is taking all these family responsibilities, and she's doing them because she loves her family. Yeah. And it's just very crazy that we've, reach this like and that's not saying video games are bad i i play video games um but it's not saying hanging out with your friends isn't bad it's not saying working overtime isn't bad but everything in moderation um what is one of the fruits of the spirit self-control and that is for work that is work-life balance i know that is a very uh millennial term nowadays Mm -hmm. but that is a very true statement uh work-life balance um you need to men like like my grandpa, um, my dad would always tell me, he's like, I never hardly saw him because he was at work all the time. Well, that's, I don't want to be that for my children. I want to be home. I want to teach them how to do things. But I also don't want to stay home all the time. You know, so there is a balance there. Um, I am a strict, and I, I do this in premarital counseling, I believe in uh, men and women roles in the household. I, not that women stay in the kitchen and cook, but I think that it is a partnership that there is, there is, um, things that she's better at. There's things that I am better at. Not all those things are the same in every household. You have to figure what that is inside your household. So when I say that, I believe in men and women roles, people are like, ah, so you just want your wife to be barefoot pregnant and making you a sandwich in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, well, I do like sandwiches, but no, that is not (laughs) what I want. But, in a marriage, you're a partner, yep. and you need to figure out what your spouse needs, and she needs to figure out what her spouse needs, and you need to make that work in your own house. So that will have roles in your house. Like me, I love to mow grass. And my wife was like, I'll help you mow if you want to. No, that is my job, mm. right? That is my job. You want to come help me mow grass? No, Ben, this isn't my house. <laughs> <laughs> I'll deed you one square foot. <laughs> Done. <laughs> so um, to get off that rant, yeah. Well, and actually to go back to that rant, oh. <laughs> it was funny when Dean and I got married. There were little things like that, like you said, it's different for everybody. There were little things that we worked kind of through that I never thought of, like who makes the official phone calls in the house. When when Dina would be like, "We need to call," blah blah blah, I'd be like, "Yes, we do," and nobody ever call them because <laughs> what she thought in her head was. My dad was the one who always made those phone calls in my house. And what I thought in my head was my mom's the one who always made the phone calls in my house. And so we waited on the other one to make that phone call. Yeah. Our first couple uh, months of being married, um, we were behind on a bunch of our bills because I was like, uh, why are they going to turn off our water bin? And he'd be like, I don't remember them turning off our water. They were like, we got a notice that one time that was like, if you don't pay it by blah, 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 we're going to turn your water off or something like that. Maybe. There was something like that, but yeah, and in my household, 
and she's right in my household. Mom was the one who always paid the bills. In her household, her parents would sit down. Her mom would clean off the table, <laughs> like literally like wipe it down, and then they would have bill time, you know. So it was, but her dad was the one who paid the bills. So, so that's very was, interesting because, like, Jessica does all the bills. Mm-hmm. I know how to pay the bills. I know what the bills are. <clears throat> like, I help her budget because mm-hmm. that, for some reason, is how my brain works. Yeah. Um, but she's the one who makes sure the bills are paid. Like, it's just because I, I'm like, all right. <laughs> I just assume they're done. There's money in the bank account for it. Yeah. <laughs> my poor wife created a monster. I used to be a free spirit. And then I started doing the bills, and after a while, it was like... Well, and that was the whole point, is that, you know, there for a while, I was doing the bills, and then he'd be like, ooh, look at all this extra money that we have. <laughs> I'm going to go get a gun or something. And I'd be like, no! And so I was like, here, why don't you just take this over and... So, and that's how it was when we had children. <clears throat> I I was the one who found babysitters. I was the one kind of working out the sitting schedule and things like that until I realized... I was terrible at it mm-hmm. because I would stress out because that is um, having children is great. But in the state of the economy and just the way the world works now, you have to have two incomes to make it um, unless you strike it rich, like we talked about earlier. And <clears throat> that is just the state we moved into where it's like we have to have child care. So who's going to watch the babies? Well, well, we can't afford daycare. And so I took that on, and I have a lot more gray hairs now. <laughs> but, Dina, Galatians 2 uh, talks about using the wages you earn uh, to, to bless others. Let's talk yeah. about that. Galatians 2, uh, 9 through 10 says, And when James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to them, they gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and me, that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. Only they asked us to remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do. Yeah, the reason <coughs> the reason why I put this one in there was because we wanted to talk about the wages that we earn um, should and even could and should be used to provide and bless others. And so what you see in Galatians two, nine and ten is you see that um, the these pillars of the faith were zealous for taking care of the poor. And so verse 10 actually says, only they asked us to remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do. And so what we see is that the early apostles were all eager to take care of the poor, and it's something that we as Christians should be eager to do as well. So there's something amazing we do in our church. It's called blessing bags. Oh, yeah. Um, And we pack bags uh, for homeless people or people in need who don't have access to clean water all the time and things like that. And we kind of give them to them and there's snacks and there's socks and there's gloves and there's deodorant and there's shampoo and a razor and just things to to keep themselves clean and Mm -hmm. things like that. If they ever wanted to may try to get a job interview or something, hopefully something can help. There's a pamphlet in there too, right? Of like places in the community that they can get help from. I'm not 100% sure on that, but if there's not, that's a great idea. But we do these things, and, and we, we give them to them, because I've always been one to, uh, who finds it hard, especially with the panhandling problem we have nowadays. Uh, but uh, the Spirit does lead to give to the poor often, if you, if you are tuned into the Spirit. So I just encourage you, because I know there's a lot of people like me who is like, I don't know if you're real or not, you know, really homeless. I don't know if you really need my money. I don't want you to go buy alcohol. Well, my grandmother used to say this. God tells me to give to the poor, 
what they go do with that money is on them. Right. I honored God and in, in his instruction. Yeah. And I sometimes I forget that, but she always would remind us of that. Yeah. And she wouldn't. It doesn't matter if she if I thought they were faking or not, she would stop and give them money no matter what. She'd keep change and dollar bills and stuff like that just for that. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus talks about it in Luke twelve and he says, Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Also. That was a great segue, and it just popped into my brain. I didn't <laughs> even know what was next. <laughs> yep. And so, we do believe that in your work, you should honor God and the things that he does, the things that he's done in your life by giving you this job. And one of the ways that you do so is to help other people. And also, striving for excellence yeah. in your work. Um, growing your skill set. Work hard and strive for excellence. So at Real Life Community Church, real is an acronym, which we yes. took, which before I edited the last 30 seconds or <laughs> 45 minutes out, uh, we just sit here thinking about what that word is, and our librarian had to tell us. You're welcome. Um, so, but one of the E's in real is excellence. One of the E's? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's okay, buddy. How yeah, football practice today. <laughs> it's okay. R-E-E-L. We go fishing, too. <laughs> the, okay. All right. I'm starting over. <laughs> this is Asian food. Made us all silly. So before this last 45 minutes, I just edited it out. <laughs> Dina told us what the word that we I'm looking for, and it's acronym. So Real Life Community Church has an acronym, and the E in real stands for excellence. And we believe that everything we do is to be honoring to God and should be done in excellence. That's why we our staff meets. That's why we have band practice. That's why our pastor spends multiple, multiple, multiple hours a week um, studying over the word. And that's why our children's workers, nursery, you know, greeters, Usher, security team, media team, once the altered podcast here, even though we're not technically affiliated with the church, um, we we sit here beforehand and we spend two hours like we did today prepping over the podcast. We desire to do this in excellence. That's why I go and edit like we do, and we don't want to put out a you know a half uh, effort podcast. Um, we want to des- desire to do excellence. We had no idea what we were doing when we started this. But we gained a new skill set when we started, or some would argue, a skill set. Uh, <laughs> we strive for excellence in, in everything that we do. And like the podcast, we, when we work so hard and the preparation and things like that. It, and you should do that for work. And you're like, Hunter, I'm just a, I'm just a, a mailman or whatever. I'm like, well, mailmen are important. That's how I pay my bills. Um, <clears throat> but... Whatever you think you do and you think it's lackluster, if you think it's just or, uh, this, I'm in a rut every day and I don't think my job's important. Well, I can tell you through the lockdowns that we had not too long ago, every job is important and we learned that. That is so true. Um, and th- that is one thing that w- was good thing that came out of it is we learned how vital each and every position truly is. Yeah. So if you're out there and you're not working, you are vital and we want you to go back to work. And and work and you, so we want you to desire a new skill set because just like inside the church we say everybody has a gift and and these things are like the uh, God is or Jesus is the head of the church and we are the hands and the feet and we talked about that earlier on in the episode so if you 
can't remember which one, so listen to them all and you'll find it. Uh, <laughs> and and if not, let <clears> us know and then listen to them again and then we'll try to make an episode of it. <laughs> and, and so, but like I said, even the pinky toe is important. I think it was in episode five um, when we talked about the importance oh, of the yeah, local church. yeah, you're totally right. Um, and I said even the pinky toe is important. Well, here that uh, gaining skill sets makes you even more vital. Just like working out your body, your your muscles become more important and more, and they become more strong. Well, you're doing the same thing when you are uh, honing in skills for work. You're just strengthening the body of Christ. You may be like, oh, that's not a spiritual skill. It doesn't matter. God will use it one way or the other. So um, we have another verse here, Proverbs twenty two twenty nine. Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Yeah, so the book of wisdom tells you that if you see a man skillful in his work, he will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure people. In other words, it is saying that you should try to be as skillful in your work as possible. Matthew 5.16 also says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. In other words, anything that you do, your good works should give glory to God, and that includes in the workplace. This little light of mine, I'm going <laughs> to let it shine. We almost, no, no. no. She no we sang, sang multiple times. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Oh, my goodness. But it's so true. Like, in your work, if you're doing all of these things that Hunter said, um, you know, working on your skill set and doing the best and b- trustworthy and all this, everyone's going to notice, and they're going to want to be like you. And you're trying to be like Jesus, so it just is a, it's a domino effect. Yeah, they end up wanting to be like Jesus. Now I'm I'm drawing a blank. Joseph, thank you, Jesus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so many J names. <laughs> there is, and I'm like, wait a minute. So, but Joseph with Pharaoh, I mean, he strived for excellence in everything that he did. He worked hard, and God blessed that work and brought him straight into the palace with Pharaoh Mm -hmm. and all those good things. And it just, I think it's a testament to really show that God does bless hard work. Um, And the final point, Ben, you, you, these are the points. Can I say one more thing too? Like, so we keep talking about everyone having these special skill sets and working harder. What about if you have another coworker, that does something a hundred times better than you. What should your mentality be about that? I hate them because they <laughs> are better than me. <laughs> <laughs> because that's another way to honor God in the workplace. You know, we shouldn't be walking around being super jealous. Like we should still praise them like for being, you know, good workers and, have that in our hearts to be excited for them that they're doing a good job. Yeah, and, if and it, that's a hard trait to have. <laughs> and if it's on my job title to do, then I'm I'm eagerly asking for help in gratitude that they are so good at these things. I'm I am honoring them as well and I'm I'm lifting them up and I'm saying, "Hey, you do such an amazing job. Can you help me do better at this?" and all these good things. Yep. That is something that when we hire, we always try to hire somebody one of the things we look for when we interview is we look for somebody who can work within a team knowing that they have certain skills, but also knowing that the people around them also have certain skills. We look for people who can fulfill all those roles 
and know what they're not good at as well, which is kind of interesting. So, yeah, I think that's, that's a really good point, Dina. Okay, so now you can go to your final point. So now <laughs> I go to the final point. Hunter. I see that there's a final point here, and then I see two points after this. <laughs> so um, <laughs> this is a very pastor Just thing like for whenever, Ben to do. Yes. Um, so in conclusion, I'm going to tell you five more points. <laughs> What does it mean when a pastor looks at his watch? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> he he's just making sure that it uh, he's still awake. Yeah. Uh, no, no. So the final point of it all, Ben, what you wrote these, I think I did. So Colossians three twenty two through twenty five. It says this. It says bond servants obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service. That means not just so when they're watching, but at all times, as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. So I think part of this is that we need to, when we're in the workplace, we need to think about the idea that we work for God. And so when we get to work, and there is that thing that's not part of our job description, but we see that it needs to be done, we just do it. Not because we want the boss to see us and go, wow, Ben's so great. We do it because we're working for God. And if we're truly working for God in everything that we do, it's going to affect everything that we do. And that's called integrity. It is called integrity. We work as if we're working for God. We do everything as if we're working for Him. Because as we talked about last week, our identity is in Christ. Right. And so when they see us, they should see Christ and so on and so on. Yeah. And so that's the final point of it all. We've talked about all of those other things. Why do we grow in our skill set and work hard and strive for excellence? Why do we use our wages to provide and bless for others? Why do we prayerfully depend on God instead of our own strength in the workplace? Why do we be just and honest in all of our dealings? with money and information and all that. We do it all because we're working for Jesus. And so out of that, we, number one, we exemplify love for our neighbor and how we interact with our colleagues. Because I love Jesus, I'm going to love my neighbor, and I'm going to show that to my colleagues. Yeah, that's uh, John thirteen thirty four. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. Yep. And then the last one really goes along with that. And this is one of those, you know, we work for the school system. And in the school system, you know, you have to be careful because we do want to separate church and state. A lot of people, now I'm, I'm going to get some hate mail on this one. Probably. But, but a lot of people are like, oh, we don't need to separate church and state. But actually, theoretically, we kind of do. And here's why. I don't want anybody telling me how I can or cannot worship God. I don't want a state-sponsored religion, let's say, for instance, the state decides that they're going to be Buddhist from now on, and everybody in here is going to be Buddhist. I don't want the state telling me, you have to be Buddhist, right? Now, (laughs) (laughs) I agree with you. Mm -hmm. Um, But the originality of, the original point of separation of church and state Mm -hmm. was to protect the church from well, just like you said it was and, and ju- from jumping into uh for the state jumping into church matters yeah but people today 
act like the church is trying to take over the United States of America. Yeah. And which is not, and so they're like, church, separation of church and state, separation of church and state. I'm like, that's not what we're trying to do, people. Right. And so you just got to be careful when well, we explain and, these things. And that's true. And that was going to be the next kind of kind of point that I was going to make. Was within that though, we should be allowed as Christians to vote our own convictions. And so, if I want to vote, I'm going to vote with the convictions that are in my heart. I'm not going to vote for your convictions. I'm going to I'm going to vote for mine. Right. In that vein, when I work, I want to honor the fact that I want to separate church and state. And yet, I also don't work for the state. I work for God. And so, the next point is that we speak the gospel to our colleagues. Not that, see, people get so bent out of shape and they're so afraid that, oh, I'm going to mess up in the workplace and, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to talk about Jesus and I'm going to get fired for it. Well, let me tell you something. You're not working for those people in the end. You're working for the Lord. And so when you work for him, you'll honor him in your words. You'll honor him in how you treat your colleagues and you'll honor him by spreading the gospel to your coworkers. You know, Jesus, he gives us the command. He says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to who? Not to the government, not to the people in your workplace, your boss and whoever. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, Jesus. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. People get this thing where they get all bent out of shape about, oh, how do I spread the gospel at work? And what happens if my boss hears me and I get fired? And oh, no, 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 no. But at the same time, if we honor God with everything that we do, we're going to be the best employee that that boss has ever had. We're going to show up on time and early. We're going to do all the jobs. I call them the porta potty jobs. They're the jobs that nobody else wants, but like <laughs> emptying the porta potty. But you're going to do that job because you love Jesus. You're going to pick up the trash. You're going to sweep the floors. You're going to look for things to do when you don't have anything else to do. Why? Because you're not working for the weekend, as the song says. You're not working for the paycheck. You're working for the Lord. And so, when the boss sees you share the gospel, and you've done all of those other things too, not only is he not going to be mad at you, he's going to go, wow, I want to find out why this guy's so much different. I want to find out why this woman who works in this place and doesn't gossip about her coworkers. How is she so much different? Well, it's all because we work for God and not for man. It's really good. That was really good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I think I made Hunter speechless. <laughs> Everybody write this down because it'll never happen again. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, but a new commandment. That and this is a big nobody. I, I don't hear churches talk about this too much. The John thirteen thirty four, mm. um, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Okay, so I mean obviously that is true, but this is what gets me. Just as I have loved you, mm. and it's just like because we can't show love unless we realize how much Christ has loved us. Oh, that's good, yeah, and. That's how people will know, if you go on in John chapter 13, he will say, this is how people know you are my disciple. This is how people will recognize me in you. And it's because you love them. And not with just this measly, oh yeah, that Ben guy, I love him, you know, whatever. But how I cherish 
you know, things about people around me and how I go out of my way and I help them and how I, and when situations go awry in their, in their life, I, I am the first one there. I'm, you know, more than some of their own family members. Wow, this person really loves me. The biggest thing a test for a friend, if you have a good friend, is if no matter where I'm at, no matter what time of day it is, I can call this person and they will always be there. Now, Ben is not that friend. <laughs> <laughs> I When people call me, I don't always answer my phone. But Even when I call you. I love you, though. But you. I do know Maybe if I'm broke down up. in Atlanta, Georgia, and nobody else is answering their phone and Ben answers his phone, Ben will come down and pick me up no matter where I'm at. Road trip. <laughs> that, that's the thing. And he will talk to me his whole drive down there <laughs> so I'm not freaking out. Like... So I know, and no matter in what situation, if I needed help in the yard, if I needed help with my house, if I needed marriage help, Ben would be there no matter what. So that, and that's how Christians need to act with people at work, with people at church, with people at the grocery store. People need to know that you are a disciple of Christ, just like Dina said, not because I have to tell you, but because my actions are so out of this world that it is, it, it is just, there's nothing they've ever seen. Because your light shines forth and everybody can see it. Anything else about this point you want to make? I think I'm good. So it's time for Hunter's Random Question. Hunter's Random Question. Hunter's Random Question. So, what... It's so funny because y'all don't. Ever, they ask me before the podcast. <laughs> they say, "Well, so what's your random question?" I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> yeah, we always try to get it out of him because we don't know what he's going to say. And we're always deeply afraid of this very moment. <laughs> <laughs> what? And if you have to Google, it's fine. I can edit out the dead time. Um, what is your favorite quote? So after we spent time googling, because <laughs> uh, or yeah, our our favorite quotes, and I knew the question was coming, I just was ill prepared. Ben, what is your favorite all time quote? So my favorite all time quote comes from Tecumseh. Um, he had this thing, and he just he makes I don't know. It just it's the most manly thing that I could possibly think to ever read. It says, "So live your life that the fear of death can never enter your heart." Trouble no one about their religion, respect others in their view, and demand that they respect yours. Love your life, perfect your life, beautify all things in your life. Seek to make your life long and its purpose in the service of your people. Prepare a noble death song for the day when you go over the great divide. Always give a word or a sign of salute when meeting or passing a friend, even a stranger when in a lonely place. Show respect to all people and grovel to none. When you arise in the morning, give thanks for the food and for the joy of living. If you see no reason for giving thanks, the fault lies only in yourself. Abuse no one and no thing, for abuse turns the wise ones to fools and robs the spirit of its vision. When it comes your time to die, now this is the manliest part of the whole thing, be not like those whose hearts are filled with the fear of death, so that when their time comes they weep and pray for a little more time to live their lives over again in a different way. Sing your death song and die like a hero going home. That's a man right there, boy. <laughs> That's a quote. That's it. <laughs> I know. I feel like we needed some sort of epic music in the background. I know. But you have like a presidential theme song. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like some cinematic, like, yeah. you know. Yeah, okay. Dina, what is your favorite quote? So 
I love Mr. Rogers quotes. <laughs> <laughs> I have a book of them in my car. I've never, ever watched, listened, or anything. That's just way before my time. What? All right. So since you're on paternity leave, you need to show Lily some Mr. Rogers. Okay. Uh, I know his story, but I don't know. He's got an awesome quotes. story. What Mr. Rogers like a Navy SEAL or he was. He actually the reason that he wore the cardigans is because he had sleeve tattoos. That's what they say, like blood and death tattoos. Like there's a Tom uh what's his name? The guy who plays Woody. Uh oh Tom Wilson. Hanks? Yeah, there's a Tom Hanks movie about Mr. Rogers. Is oh, there yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. So like I, I wanted to go see it and you <laughs> never would take me. Well, Ben <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. I'm a horrible person, and I know it now. Thank you. Dina, <laughs> what is your favorite quote? <laughs> so I, lo- I just love any, almost any Mr. Rogers quote because, I don't know, it just was, I don't know, it was just great. He was the voice of our generation. Kind of, yeah, and then he kind of still pushed the limits because he was always trying to, I feel like, push kindness, you know, out into the world when sometimes it seemed bleak. So um, it says the world needs a sense of worth and it will achieve it only by its people feeling that they are worthwhile. Try your best to make goodness attractive. That's one of the toughest assignments you'll ever, ever be given. There are three ways to ultimate success. The first way is to be kind. And the second way is to be kind. Hmm. I could see him repeating himself. The first way yeah. is to be kind, and the second way is to be kind. That is very cool. I only read like the first part of it, and I was like, I love this one right here. Because like I feel like for me, that's something that I always strive to do, too, is to let everybody that's around me know that they are worthwhile, that they're awesome people to be around. That is something I love about you. So. Aw. Well, and, and it's... It's just so lacking in this world, man. Yeah. Like, uh, I, uh, I'm coaching football, and so we have five coaches, and that's including one of me. And so, like, one coach texts me. He goes, do you really even need me? Like, he's kind of feeling down about himself. Like, like, what am I even doing? Like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, man. Like, you just like we spent I spent like an hour and a half like, on the phone with him just saying, no, your job is pivotal. Like, when we start in contact pads and stuff, like, he's over our technique, making sure each kid's over technique and doing things safely. I'm like, you're going to be the one who makes sure that these kids walk at the end of the season. And so it's just sometimes, though, when you, when you go do something and you're not uh, – and you're just not feeling it, the man, the devil can attack you and make you feel worthless. And it's – Something I've always struggled with. I mean, most people in America struggle with this. But there's never been a time I've ever seen Dina, like, down and out. She's always pippy and smiley and, yeah. When she is down and out, it's like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever seen the the Friends episode where they have, like, the happiest dog in the world? (laughs) Yes. It's kind of like that. When Dina's sad, it's like, oh, my gosh, I broke the happiest dog in the world. (laughs) There was one time I was really sad, and Ben's like, hang on. And he went outside and grabbed one of our cats and brought it in. (laughs) It was like, here you go. I did. I, like, danced around with it and then handed it to her. I was like, don't you feel better? So my favorite quote um, is this. Happiness can be found even in the darkest of times when one only remembers to turn on the light. Albus Dumbledore. <laughs> now look, you go. That's laugh. what I was thinking. I was now like, whoa. I think this is a Harry Potter. Now, quote. now look, now because the movie it comes from is very dark. It's a very dark movie. But I will say this: I I take this to a very Christian mindset. 
when I, when I hear this. Happiness can be found anywhere in the heart of a Christian. I just have to remember who's my light switch. So I, I just remember that my happiness, my joy comes from Christ. So I have to remember to look at that. Just like if I can't see, I have to remember to turn the light switch on. Um, and so, yes, Albus Dumbledore did say that, but I guess J.K. Rowling really said it. Uh, but <laughs> We're just going to say it's Albus Dumbledore. Right, that's right. But, but so one of my favorite movies becomes my favorite quote. But I take that into such of a different meaning that happiness can be found anywhere in the heart of a believer mm. because they have the ultimate light source. That's good. Thanks. I Googled it. <laughs> <laughs> now, thank you all. This is episode nine. Episode 10. Double digits next week. Wow. I know. We made it. Yeah. They always say that if you want to create a podcast, you need to make sure that you have 10 topics or 10 episode topics, whatever, um, to make a real podcast. Yeah. They say that you found the right thing, the right podcast topic, when you can sit down and come up with five to 10 episode ideas just right off the bat. We came up with like 85. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> we come up with them on like live on air while we're doing and it. And I was so. like, okay, now we need to group these together yeah. and make them like. Um, so next week we are we're so we're starting to get to the end of our uh, not of the podcast. Don't freak out. I know that you all got scared for a second, um, but of the don't worry. There's so many more good episodes out there. Living that Christian life, uh, we only have a few more uh, left in this series, and so next week episode 10 will be with our music director Zach Brandenburg um, and we'll be talking about worship and how does worship affect the Christian life and how it is necessary in the Christian life so thank you all for listening to episode 9 on honoring God in the workplace on thank you for listening to the altered podcast on anchor thank you for listening to the altered podcast Be sure to listen next week for a brand new episode. Also, be sure to connect with us on the Altered Podcast Facebook page for updates and other cool content. See you next week.